is on. So um, we're going to let our children go. And, you know, we're very deliberate in keeping our kids up to watch and listen to these things because they want to go out to Lesotho as well. And uh, So we bless you guys as you're going. And um, thank you, Jimmy and team, to, for um, looking after them and teaching them and educating them in the things of God. Yeah? Let's give it up for them as they go, please. Well, you know, um, I have a guest speaker for us today. And uh, a couple of months ago, I met, um, well, I know Raj and Evangelina Wilde. They're the pastors of the church that meet here in the afternoon. And um, great church, great family. And uh, we've known them now for probably a year, maybe a year. And um, they were, wanted to start a church in Dublin. And uh, they came and talked to me and asked about this building. And I said, absolutely, yes. And, um, and it's great to have them here. There's, they're praying people, fasting people, and uh, every time I talk to them, they're always praying and fasting. I'm like, when did you ever eat in your church? But, um, but we, we were talking a couple of months ago when, um, when Pastor John was over, and, uh, and we're just sitting in the house, and John is Evangeline's um, father, and, you know, very quiet man, until I asked him a question about India, and he told me some of the story of how God has used him and um, and what God has done in his life and through his life and uh, and I'm like look at you're gonna have to come and share in our church and then we seem to hear a lot about America in our country what's happening in places like that and even Africa we don't get to hear some of the other continents and some of the other great nations of the world that God is doing something in and honestly I was so moved that um you know this is not just a, a, a man that has the pastor's gift this is a man that has the apostolic gift and I know you know how much that means to me in my walk and what God is doing and uh, and so I'm delighted to have an apostle of this caliber and in fact would you believe he told me he just came from Thessalonica you know where apostle Paul went and I'm like my goodness this is he's just after coming from where Paul was to be where those where St. Patrick was hello and um, and uh, so um, John I'd love you to come and just share what God's put on your heart and what God is doing in and through you let's give it up for John Good morning. morning. I'm very happy to be with you this morning and excited to bring revival greetings on behalf of Indian Christian Revival Mission back in India. So I count it as a great privilege to be with you this morning as a servant of God ministering the word to you. So us This opportunity is given to me by Pastor Noel. I express my gratitude to you and to the leadership and to the congregation of this Liberty Church. I come from South India. India is a vast country. It is like a country of countries. (laughs) We have 1.3 1.3 billion people, 1,300 million. Each state is bigger than many European countries. <laughs> so uh, it is a, a great uh, blessing to be in that country which has a full of people. (laughs) No scarcity for people. Everywhere you see people. (laughs) Flooded with people. Every area. But uh, I would like to see the church is flooded with people. (laughs) The church is growing. Uh, uh, India has 37 uh, uh, states. So it uh, spreads uh, from uh, south to north and uh, uh, east to west, covering a lot of uh, area. And I came from a city called uh, Mysore, 
which is in the South India. And uh, I just want to tell something about uh, myself and uh, the ministry we do back in India. So I was born in an atheist family. When I was born, my parents did not believe in God. Therefore, I was born in a godless family, brought up in a godless atmosphere. But uh, as God chosen us before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians chapter 1-4, in a dramatic way, Lord had an encounter with my parents. Uh, it's a long story to narrate, so I just want to put it in a nutshell. So, God uh, he has his own way to touch the hearts of the people. <laughs> my father was a hard nut to crack. But uh, nothing is impossible with God. God. God can touch anybody. He can touch any nation, any community, any race, any caste, any class. Because uh, he is almighty. So he had his own way to touch my parents. My mother got saved first. Then my father got saved. They were anointed. Then us, they became believers. Then I was taken to the church. And I was uh, given sprinkled baptism. And uh, uh, my name was changed. Everything happened without my uh, commitment and uh, uh, knowledge. But uh, as I was uh, growing in the church, uh, in 16, when I was 16, in 1965, I committed my life when the Lord spoke to me. And uh, it was a, a very... Uh, deep work of the Holy Spirit when I was uh, convicted of my sin in one of the evangelistic meetings. And the whole night I was alone in my closet praying, confessing, weeping and uh, asking for forgiveness. The whole night the Holy Spirit worked in my heart, in my life. I repented and the joy of salvation filled my heart in the early in the morning. The next day, already, there was baptism service arranged for the people who were ready. As that night, God saved me. I also joined, and I was baptized. And I was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord uh, used me in the ministry. And... Uh, in 1971, I got a job in my uh, government, Indian government, in the telephone department. And in 1972, as a young people, about 15 people together, fasted and prayed as a preparation to enter into the new year. It was in the end of 72, 1972. And uh, during those two days of uh, waiting upon God with fasting and praying, seeking his face and uh, preparing ourselves to enter into the new year, the Holy Spirit began to work in my life very deeply and uh, took me in spirit and uh, uh, t uh, took me to different parts of uh, our country and also certain parts of uh, uh, Asia. And he revealed me about... Uh, Revival, and also he asked me to pray for revival, and he commissioned me to go everywhere and motivate Christians to pray for revival. So for the past 47 years, I have been obedient to that heavenly vision, praying for revival, and also motivating the Christians to pray for revival. Revival is the answer for the church, revival is the answer for the society, for the nations.
So revival comes only through prayer. So God asked me to pray and uh, mobilize prayer. And uh, in 1977, God, uh, in 1976, God took me to uh, different parts of our country and showed me the prevailing condition. Then he asked me to resign the job and to come for the full-time ministry. So I obeyed. In 1977, I resigned the job. So for the past 43 years, I've been in the full-time ministry in church planting and uh, uh, in mobilizing the prayer for revival and also training the leaders, raising the leaders. And our mission is called Indian Christian Revival Mission. So far, we could uh, plant about 200 churches in uh, eight states of India and also uh, doing the prayer ministry in different countries. I have a great expectation that the acts of apostle would become the acts of today's church. The Acts of Apostles, the book of Acts of Apostles is translated into many, many languages. But I would like to see the Acts of Apostles translated into our own practical actions. So today's church should have the early church experience. And I believe it. I expect it. And work for it. And I pray for it. I want to see the realization of the vision God has given to me about revival. That's why whenever I get opportunity to go to the countries where Paul ministered, where the early church acted, I would go and uh, uh, be on the site to pray for that nation. So uh, last week, I went to uh, Athens. I was there for two days. And uh, I went around the city and I prayed, uh, especially to the hill where uh, Paul uh, ministered to the, uh, preached the gospel to the uh, philosophers of those days. And uh, so I, I went around and prayed for Athens for two days. Then I went to Thessalonica and uh, I attended the Balkan call prayer conference for revival in the ba Balkan countries. About uh, uh, representatives from about 28 countries were together uh, praying for the Balkan countries. Uh, uh, where Paul ministered uh, the most. So the most of the countries where Paul ministered come under the Balkan region. So God has given the vision for some of the leaders. Therefore, every year they come together and pray for the revival. So last time I attended in Albania. So the, this time it was in Thessalonica. So, just to preach and to be with you in this morning, I flew from Thessalonica and had a transit in Copenhagen. And yesterday night I was here in order to be here with you now. So, praise God. So, we have Bible school and we have... Uh, social uh, work among the slum people and also poor in the villages. So many, uh, that uh, ministry, social uh, ministry is called uh, uh, Charity for uh, Urban and Rural Enhancement, CURE. And uh, 
uh, also we have the training center called operation harvest uh, ministerial training center uh, to uh, produce leaders for harvest because during revival there will be a bumper harvest so when harvest will be plenty laborers should not be few so harvest plenty we need plenty of uh, laborers so in order to uh, get ready for the great harvest we are training leaders in different levels in from different places so the ministry uh is a, a faith ministry god has been faithful for the past 43 years i started the ministry as a lone crusader then i got married my wife joined with me <laughs> uh, then uh, one by one co-workers and god used uh, us in the virgin fields unreached fields unchurched fields and the more difficult fields so for the past 30 uh, 43 years we have been uh, in the midst of challenges india is a religious country godly country people have godliness but they though they are godly they do not know the real god because they Uh, believe in uh, millions of gods according to their belief they believe that there are 330 millions of gods uh, <laughs> so us people are have, uh, in millions and millions the gods are also in millions and millions so it's our great challenge to convince them that uh, jesus is the only god jesus is the only way jesus is the only savior they are ready to accept jesus as one of the gods because already they have millions and millions so adding one more is not a, a, a problem for them <laughs> but uh, it is a problem for us to convince them that uh, there is only one way there is only one savior so it's a great challenge for us and by god's grace we could see uh, thousands of uh, uh, non christians get saved and uh, through these hands god has uh, given me the privilege to baptize hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh non christians coming from different linguistic groups different regions different uh, castes and even races so it's a great privilege to baptize different kinds of people representing uh, uh, the picture of heaven <laughs> in heaven we see people drawn from all nations all caste all races all languages so uh, india is uh, like uh, uh, that uh, uh, heaven but uh, people are not a heavenly people but we want to see that uh, all indians uh, will become heavenly people to fill heaven <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord so just i want to share a word of god uh to tell you how our ministry is going on in the midst of challenges and also to encourage you as a church to get ready to face the challenges Uh, 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, I also tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is a promise about the church which is going to come after the ascension of Jesus Christ. So this is the only place in gospel where Jesus mentions about church. So he says, on this rock I will build my church. When he promised that he would build that church, build his church, he also implied that the church while being built will face the challenge of the powers of the kingdom of darkness. So he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So it implies that when the church is being built, the gates of hell, gates of hell means the ruling authority and the power of uh, the kingdom of, kingdom of Satan will try to prevail, will try to stop the building of the temple, which happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament also, when God's people came to rebuild the church, rebuild the temple, there was opposition. Even when Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the broken walls, he faced opposition, challenges. So, every time when God does something, there is a, an opposition working, opposite force working against it. So, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So this implies that uh, the church is in the situation, in the atmosphere where there are a lot of challenges. So the church has to face the challenges because there is an opposition force is working against the interests of the church. Jesus is there to build the church, but at the same time, the gates of hell is there to do all its best in order to stop the building of the church. That means the church is always or constantly in the battlefield. Always in the battlefield. So, always uh, we have to face the challenges. So, the challenge is uh, like uh, the challenge of uh, David against Goliath. Because the world is not uh, favorable for us. The prince of the world is not Jesus now. <laughs> the prince of the world is uh, Satan. Devil. So, he has a power and authority. Because when he took Jesus over the mountain and showed the splendor of the whole world, he said that all authority and powers are given to me. So, I can give to whoever I wish to give. So, the authority was given to him. So, he is a prince of the world. So as he is the ruler of the world, the church, which is representing the kingdom of God, has to always in constant battlefield. So the church has the challenges. In India, we have the challenge of facing 97% of non-Christians. Because only 3% of Christians, 82% of 
Hindus. And today the government is a pro-Hindu religious government and anti-Christian government. So it is a big challenge. So the challenges are like a, a David's challenge against Goliath. So we cannot, it's not matching. <laughs> uh, so a tremendous job for the church, a tremendous job for the church. It's not only in India, everywhere the church faces the same challenge. The challenges are different, but the magnitude of challenge is the same. The world is not favorable, even in the Christian countries, even in the Western countries. The situation, the environment is are not favorable. So the church always has to swim against the current. The church is put in the unfavorable situation. But one thing, in the midst of all the negative factors working against the interests of the church, we have the promise of Jesus that he has promised that on this rock I will build my church. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell shall not prevail over it. So the gates of hell will try to prevail, but it will never prevail over the church because Jesus is building the church who is uh, uh, supreme. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all authorities, all powers are under his feet. Because on the cross, according to Galatians chapter 2, verse 15, he stripped Satan of all his uh, powers and authorities. And uh, he made a spectacular scene by overcoming, triumphing over him on the cross. Hallelujah. Therefore, in the midst of all the challenges, we have a strong hope and faith that uh, the church will provide. The church will prevail. Praise God. And uh, the church has two kinds of challenges. One is uh, internal and another external. So the church has uh, even challenges within the church. <laughs> within the church. And also the church has uh, challenges from outside. So, external challenges. So, the church should be ready to face both challenges. <laughs> so, we have to face the challenges which is inside the church. And uh, if we can face that challenge, we can prepare the church in order to face the external challenges. So, first, uh, internal cha challenges to be met. Then, we can as a whole body of Christ, we can face the challenges from outside. So, internal challenges. If we read Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 47, it narrates how the early church was formed and how the early church functioned. The early church on the day of Pentecost, on the inception of the church, or on the, on the day of birth of the church, Peter stood and preached. He preached the gospel. When he preached, the hearts of the people were pricked. And they responded, Brethren, what shall I do? And Peter said, You repent, be baptized. And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he said, you come out of the crooked generation and uh, get saved. And verse 41 says, the people who received his verses gladly were baptized. And they were added to the church. About 3,000 people. And uh, so the church was formed on the very first day 
of his birth could win 3,000 souls. <laughs> Those 3,000 people were the people who repented, who were baptized, and who came out of the crooked generation, who got separated from the world and added to the body of Christ. So, transformed people, separated people, they joined the church. And now, and uh, the following verse says, what, uh, uh, verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apost uh, apostolic doctrines, in the fellowship, in bread breaking, and in prayer. And signs and wonders were worked out through the hands of the apostles. And uh, all were together with one accord. And they practiced equality and no selfishness. They treated their wealth as common. So they sold everything and put at the feet of uh, apostles. They distributed to everyone according to the need. So nobody was lacking anything. <laughs> everything was sufficient for everybody in the church. The re real uh, socialism, the real uh, communism was practiced in the early church. And uh, the church was uh, thriving. The church was uh, full of power. The church was carrying the glory of Jesus. So every day the church was growing. Every day people got saved and added to the church. The church was very active. Not only weekly once active church. It was the 24 into 7. We see today 24 into 7 in the supermarkets, uh, in some shops. But uh, the early church was uh, always moving, always active. So, the early church was thriving. And uh, it was with the full of power, full of life, lively church, growing church, spreading church, prevailing church, winning church, overcoming church. Challenging church. So in this way we see how the churches in Acts of Apostle was functioning. Today when we see, we don't see that kind of a spiritual power in the church. Spiritual life in the church. So the church has a, to face the worldliness. So it is an internal cha challenge. Jesus placed the church in the world in order to make the world upside down. And the early church people really did it. Actually, in Thessalonica, uh, when uh, Paul and team preached, there was a, a lot of uh, conversion. Many people, including the Jews and the, the heathens, got saved. So there was a commotion. There was a riot in the city. So they complained that uh, the people who made the world upside down have come here. <laughs> so such a, a challenging, such an impacting church was the early church. But today, uh, so the church could make the world upside down. Today, the world is making the church upside down. Because the church has become full of worldly. So the worldliness in the church is a challenge for the church. When worldliness is there, you cannot see godliness. Worldliness and godliness cannot go together. So the church should come out of worldliness. Then only it will become godly church. And uh, so 
the early church got separated from the crooked generation got separated from the world and they came together and functioned together as the body of Christ therefore it was powerful but today compromising with the world always thinking about world or always worrying about world caring for the world anxiety for the world seeking world so if uh, to, uh, today if you want to see the world uh, you can see uh, you come to the church you can see the world jesus kept the church in order to influence the world but today the church has kept the world in the church and the world is influencing the church so it is a great challenge it is a great challenge number 2 prayerlessness is a great challenge today people are very busy too busy to pray <laughs> a lot of uh, engagements today the world has become very fast very busy so we don't have time to pray but the early church continued steadfastly in prayer in act chapter 4 31 when there was in a problem immediately the church gathered and it prayed and when it prayed the place where it prayed was shaken it says and in chapter 12 verse 5 when peter was imprisoned and james was already martyred now the church came together and prayed for peter when the church came on the knees on her knees immediately the heaven was on its toes and the angels <laughs> angel came to the prison and peter was released he jo- joined the prayer and he gave the uh, clo- uh, he made the closing prayer so such wonderful things happened so they prayed the prayer but today the church has no time to pray so many activities but uh, prayer activities is very less prayerlessness is a challenge the church even before the church was formed the prayer was started jesus said don't go out of jerusalem tarry so the 120 people on the upper room tarried waited for 10 days on the day of pentecost the holy spirit came so the prayer preceded the church and after the church was formed the prayer was continued they prayed steadfastly the apostles continued in prayer when there was problem they told we cannot involve all these petty things we have to devote ourselves in prayer and to the ministry of word so prayer should be given importance in the life of the church believers should take prayer seriously and give time to prayer and onelessness that means uh, there was oneness in the early church today the unity is not there the church comes worships and uh, goes away then the next sunday only we see one another but the uh, early church had a strong fellowship strong fellowship unity unity is the tremendous power unity releases power united we stand divided we fall so the church, if the church in dublin has to be strong the church should be united the single local church if to be strong the believers in the church should have very close intimate very strong relationship fellowship fellowship and the early church practiced fellowship involvements today only very few people involve in the church activities most of the members come as a guest they sit and they go only very few very limited percentage of the believers are active members but uh, in the early church 
they every day they gathered in the homes every day they broke bread every day they were in the temple in the houses praising together praying together and uh, enjoying together eating together therefore every day baptism service every day people got saved and added to the church today yearly baptism service is a uh, rare the church is not growing really but every day the church was growing so involvement because people are busy and people are tied with uh, so many personal engagements so no time to church so making all the believers involved in the church is a big task so contribution as members of one body so that's also uh, is a, a, a as involvement so every member is a member of the body and every body every member in the body has some function but uh, today the church only few are uh, uh, functioning members functional members active members so this is a great challenge for the church and uh, actually i face the challenges in india but uh, us our church was uh, most of the churches were newly formed all the believers were from the darkness into light from the bondages into liberty they were, uh, were ready to do anything <laughs> so fresh not born christians all born again christians so they found something new therefore it was a uh, really easy <laughs> tough to plant the church but uh, easy to uh, bring up the church <laughs> new if it is new external uh, in ephesians chapter 6 12 i think time is running uh, the church is a picture against the uh, allied forces in ephesians chapter 6 12 it says that uh, for our wrestling is not against the flesh and blood but against the principalities against the powers against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places so the church is pitched against the uh, allied forces principalities and authorities the rulers of the world of darkness of this age so church in every age had to face the challenges from the rulers of the world and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenlies in the atmosphere so always uh, we have to uh, uh, face these challenges so what are the external uh, challenges religious world is a big challenge uh, the early church had to face uh, the challenges from judaism and the paganism and uh, today in indian church we see communalism that means uh, uh, religions against religion the majority religion is very dominating in india so persecution is more even uh, last sunday when the service was going on in our state the some anti elements or the anti christian groups entered into the church the pastor and the wife uh, were beaten very inhumanly very badly treated and uh, uh, the church was scattered every day uh, do not pass without uh, seeing a persecution in india in one corner or in another corner something is happening nowadays because uh, now the our country is ruled by pro uh, hindu party therefore they wanted to see no conversion is taking place no salvation no baptism so lot of restrictions today so the church is uh, actually facing communalism extremism in the religion and the fanaticism in religion intolerance about 30 years back there was tolerance in in, in india christians had a high regard 
people loved Christians, but today all uh, hatred. So the hatred is spread. So uh, Christians means now the majority people hate uh, because of uh, now so intolerance the church has to face. Even today in the western countries, many people do not like churches. <laughs> Uh, because uh, uh, they see something different. So they don't like uh, us. It is a challenge everywhere. So in the Acts of Apostles we see the same thing. And uh, social, social cha uh, challenges. Uh, the culture is a corrupted culture. Ungodly customs and practices. Evil practices. So the church is there to face these challenges. We cannot compromise. With all the corrupted culture and the ungodly customs and practices and evil practices, the church has to raise a voice against all the social evils. It has to stand up and work against the social evils. In India, a lot of social evils. So the church had to challenge. Uh, as uh, time is restricted, I am not able to uh, give some uh, testimonies. So we, whatever I preach now, we have faced and practiced and we have overcome. Hallelujah. We have overcome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, political, ungodly, atheistic rulers today, even in the Western countries we see the people who are ruling, they don't believe in the word. They do, uh, majority of them do not believe in God. So atheistic rulers... And laws are framed against the word. Laws are framed against the Christian beliefs and the practices and the God's commandments. In India now, the government is giving many, many restrictions and they wanted the Hindu Vedas, Hindu holy scriptures to be studied by all and yoga to be practiced by all. So, it is a challenge for the church today. So we have to face the challenge. So Lord, in his Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world. So the church has to be a salt. The salt impacts, it influences it changes, it preserves, it penetrates, it serves. So as a church, we have to bring impact and we have to influence the societies to transform it, bring changes. And the church is there to preserve the society from decaying. And the light, light always dispels darkness. So the church should stand as a light, lighted and kept on the lampstand, giving light, because the light brightens the area. And also light assures the security. The darkness, anything can happen, but in the light uh, there is always security, safety. So the, wherever the church is there, the society as a security, because we give light. So Liberty Church has a big challenge. And you have the internal challenge and the external challenges. We can overcome everything through prayer and by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we close our eyes? Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for your words. Thank you that still you are on the throne. You reign over the world. Yes, Lord, let your kingdom come, Lord. Lord, as you have promised, that you will build the church. Lord, you are there to build the church. And Lord, we know that 
the gates of hell tries to prevail over the church but lord praise you we praise you that the powers and authorities of the kingdom of the world cannot prevail over the church of god lord i pray for this church i stand on the apostolic anointing and i bless the church here i pray in the name of jesus that the church will become stronger and stronger to face all the internal and the external challenges and lord the church will prevail in dublin oh god the church will spread out oh god lord the church will carry on the mission and it will go from strength to strength from glory to glory from power to power oh god Lord I speak growth to the church I speak growth to the church oh lord let the church see the society around her being transformed by the power of the gospel by the power of the work of the holy spirit oh god lord i pray that the church will become a praying church oh god lord pour out your spirit of intercession uh, and supplication so that lord the people in the church will be caught up with the vision for prayer oh god they will stand in the gap and the lord pray for the society bringing changes and transformation oh god lord bless the mission what they do in africa lord lord bless the committed missionaries who go and toil and moil in the difficult situations there let them see the fruit of their labor oh god lord i pray that the mission will spread out and it will lord spread to new parts open the new doors enlarge the territory of the church oh god raise many leaders oh god lord raise another the next generation oh god let joshua generation be raised to carry on the vision and mission of the church oh god I give all glory and honor unto you in Jesus name I pray Amen Thank you Amen Amen we received that I just bless you as you go please stay with us for a cup of tea downstairs there's a connect corner downstairs if you're new come along and say hello and uh, have a great week Amen Thank you John give it up for John that's brilliant thank you